Hello, it's Two Guys One World Cup. I'm James Cook. And I'm Andy White. I am in uncharted territory. Welcome to my world. Well, I never thought I'd live as long. Here we are recording this on the Wednesday morning, the second rest day of the uh, 2018 World Cup, the day after the second round games have finished, and the unthinkable has happened. The England football team won a penalty shootout at the World Cup. This is the end of days. It's a sign of the apocalypse. I'm pretty convinced I died a couple of weeks ago. (laughs) And this is... Some kind of weird afterlife simulation thing. This is your footballing equivalent of Jacob's Ladder. Yes. Spoiler alert. Jacob's League Ladder. <laughs> the game last night was England-Columbia in the second round. My 10-year-old daughter was watching it with me, and I was kind of, you know, I was managing her expectations <laughs> throughout the whole game. I was going, look, England don't really win knockout games very often, okay? Yeah. And, you know, we could win, but, you know, Colombia are a really good team. And then we got the penalty and we scored. I was like, okay, but there's still like half an hour to go. And then they equalised. And I was like, well, yes, this is what happens traditionally. And then the penalty started. And I was like, we never win penalties. (laughs) So at the end, she was like, what were you talking about? It was all it was all fine. Andy, did you watch the game? Yes. Now we've established that we're in an open relationship football-wise. And yeah. what you might call a, a polygamous <laughs> relationship. Uh, once again, I watched the match with Steve. Steve, who makes lovely curries. Not only makes lovely curries, but this time man made an exquisite jambalaya. <laughs> oh, man alive. Which is a, a Cajun dish from New Orleans. So he made that. And I was watching it at his flat with my pub quiz friends, including Karen, a mutual friend of ours. Mutual friend, a very funny comedian, uh, Karen Bailey. Yes. Big Uh, football fan. Oh, my. Do you think so? Do you think she is? (laughs) What was she doing during the game? She was... Well, I once did a gig uh, with a guy from the Undateables who had Tourette's. Yeah. And our dressing room was less sweary... than last night watching the game with Karen and she she turned the air blue (laughs) she turned the air ultra fucking violet (laughs) is what she did also she kept saying things like everybody everybody I want you all now to just be quiet for a moment and visualise visualise the ball going into the goal visualise it and I said I can visualise a ball going into a goal when they show it on the television I've got technology for that you sitting here saying those things is not going to make a difference but we've spoken about this before, the superstitions that are attached to football. i got people beside me wearing their Lucky England shirts. Those same Lucky England shirts that weren't lucky for the actual teams who wore them. <laughs> but I was watching it and I was thinking, this is actually, I had to admit at the end, it was a very entertaining game because it had drama. England were playing a very attacking game, but at the same time quite frustrating because they'd make a fumble. Mm-hmm. And not get it. I mean, that's more the... of an American football thing. Yes. Fumble. Fumble. Yeah. 
whatever, whatever the football equivalent of, of fumbles is. And we usually say lack of penetration in the final third. Oh, do you? Yes. Ooh. It's a good British innuendo, that. And then there was the penalty. Yes. Oh, just got to hold on to it now. And then the equaliser, that sort of all is lost moment that happens in movies. And then we got to the penalty shootout. And at that point, I'm going to miss one. Mm. Karen has to go to the loo. She can't watch it. She can't watch it. I'm going to the loo. I'm just, I just, I can't. And then Pickford saves. And then Karen comes out of the loo and says, see, I did that. Yeah. By taking a piss. Karen, I know you're listening to this. Karen, you have to spend the rest of the World Cup in the toilet. All right, it's for the good of the nation. But during the game, I was with people who, who know me and also have listened to the podcast. And they kept saying things to me. So, 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 do you get it now? Do you get the football thing now? Is there, is there anything in registering in you? And I felt like that alien who comes to Earth and says, "So, I'm supposed to say at that point, yes, I think I understand this thing you humans call love." <laughs> I just want to say, look, I get it. I get people get excited about this sort of thing. And I understand why people get excited about it because you don't know how it's going to... You genuinely don't know how these things are going to turn out. They're not scripted. I could see the enthusiasm of people around me and I get enthusiastic for things myself. So I get it. It's just that it never reached me at an impressionable age. So it's not the sort of thing I am personally enthusiastic about, though I recognise that other people are and I do understand those feelings. I am part of the human race. Glad to clarify that. Are you glad you came on the podcast then if it meant getting patronised? Oh, yes. <laughs> yes, I, lo- I love being patronised. Do you? Yeah. Well done. I know. Can I have a gold star? Yeah, why not? It's interesting what you're saying about that you don't know what's going to happen, it's not scripted. Mm-hmm. But a dramatic game like last night's one was feels like it has been scripted. It does, yes. Because what football supporters tend to do is we tend to retrospectively give a narrative to Mm -hmm. the events we've just seen. Last night's game was not a great game of football. It wasn't one for the purists, but it did have drama. Yes. And it did have, like you said, the all is lost moment and all these classic sort of narrative arcs. A dramatic game like that does feel, it does feel like a movie. Mm -hmm. The fact that England won the penalty shootout never having won one at a, a World Cup before... And that the manager is the guy who yes. missed the most important penalty in a shootout ever. Yeah. That's a Hollywood narrative, isn't it? Yes, it is. When was it he failed to get that penalty? 96. Yeah, so, so 96 was his Empire Strikes Back. Mm. And last night was his Return of the Jedi. So who were the Ewoks? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Jordan Pickford was an Ewok. Oh, was he? Because he's slightly shorter than most goalkeepers. Oh, yes, another thing Karen was going on about saying, he's so short he is, because his shorts go all the way down to his socks. And I don't know if he was short. I said, look, he's just got long socks. I don't know big shorts. Big shorts. Stanley Matthews. You know, Jordan Pickford, even in the week leading up to this, the, the Belgian goalkeeper had been saying... Jordan Pickford is too short to be an international goalkeeper and then he comes up with the save not only in the penalty shootout but there was one right at the end of the game but yeah it's just this you know unlikely band of ragtag footballers <laughs> who no one gave much of a hope to True. but to be fair where they've got to the quarterfinals bearing in mind the draw England has you know having Panama and Tunisia in the group and then the group we were paired with not really having an outstanding team in it yes Getting to the quarterfinals is about par okay. for England's ambitions. 
it's a par that they haven't reached for 12 years. And they've put themselves in a position now where they're going to be playing Sweden, who are a country that we always seem to be playing in tournaments. We played them in the 2002 and 2006 World Cups, also in the 2012 Euros. And that feels like all the time. (laughs) That three times in in 10 years. Sweden aren't great, but they are in the quarterfinals. So there's clearly something about them. Everyone is now going, don't underestimate Sweden. You know, we've got to pay Sweden respect, which is in a way kind of underestimating them because if you really did show them respect, you wouldn't need to say it. Are you rehearsing this for your daughter so you can manage her expectations when you watch the England versus Sweden match? I must always manage my expectations. I had an amount of money on Colombia winning last night (laughs) as a spoiler. (laughs) So if Colombia did win, I was like, oh, well, (laughs) I've made some money. I bet the amount of money I would pay to see England get through. (laughs) such is my broken psychology and the fact that I was just a complete wreck all day I woke up about 5 o'clock in the morning and then I was just nervous about the game all day I've nothing to do with it and I was kind of resigned to the fact that Colombia were probably going to win funnily enough I don't really feel that way about the quarter final on Saturday I feel a bit more relaxed now is that because England have reached the par yeah. You expected, so you think everything now will be a bonus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Everything will be a bonus. And, you know, we won a penalty shootout. It's, I've never seen that happen. Even the one penalty shootout in major tournaments that we did win, yeah. which was in the quarterfinals Euro 96, I didn't see that because I was in America and they didn't show that game on American TV. How dare they? I know. So of all the penalty shootouts I've ever seen England in, mm-hmm. I've never seen the one we won. But now we have, and we're in the quarterfinals. Yeah. Which hasn't happened since I was in my 20s. Oh my word, all that time ago. Yeah. So exciting though. It so was, it was. It was exciting. It was exciting, yes. The drama of a penalty shootout is, yes. is that a lot of people would sort of go, oh, they're a lottery. But lotteries can be exciting. When you've got a 50% chance of winning, yeah. you know, it's exciting. Talking about the game, now remind me, did I predict that England would win, but they would just scrape it you know very well that's what you predicted I'm just making sure are we going to get on to this are we going to get on to the results of the prediction well guess I'll do that in a moment (laughs) Um, let's talk about the results of the predictions then alright so in the last podcast we were recorded before the um, the second round between us we tried to predict the outcome of the games we agreed on two of them but disagreed on on the other six Uh, and I have the results I managed to predict three (laughs) Out of eight correctly. Well done, yes. Andy predicted seven out of eight correctly. And the one you got wrong, you said Japan would beat Belgium. Mm-hmm. I stifled a giggle at that. <laughs> Japan aren't going to beat Belgium. What's this guy going on about? And then, of course, in I don't know if you're aware of this. In, in yeah. that game, Japan were winning 2 0. Yes, I was aware of that. With yes. like 25 minutes to go, <laughs> but Belgium did come back and win. So you were very nearly bang on 8 out of 8. And if that had happened, we would have had to burn you as a witch. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 7 out of 8 is incredible. You know, you, you went for Russia over Spain, which no one saw coming. Mm-hmm. And comparing it to the other metrics by which you are supposed to be able to predict international football results, right. FIFA rankings would have predicted 3. Right. So I'm as good as the FIFA rankings. Oh. GDP would have predicted 4. Population size would have predicted 5. And footballing history would have predicted six. So, Andy, you are currently the most effective metric at predicting international football results. 
in the world. So I am I am now the Nate Silver <laughs> yeah. of football predictions. Well, you're more, you know, Paul the Psychic Octopus <laughs> for, for 2018. So well done. Thank you. <laughs> you're very smug about it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm sure going forward, your mm. predictions will probably be better than mine if we choose to make predictions. I think we will. I don't necessarily think my predictions will be. Mm. I think there are some games that look very close. And people are saying at this point that this is the best World Cup ever. Yes, there's lots of unexpected things happening, so, so I'm told. It's, it almost seems as if there's, there's just something in the zeitgeist and last few years or so, what with you know, Brexit, Trump, even the rise of Corbyn, all these things that are upsetting the status quo and it seems to be happening in football as well. I don't know if there is some sort of common factor or it's just me imposing a narrative on these things. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's what we are doing. Yes. <laughs> I remember during the last World Cup four years ago, mm-hmm. sort of after the group stages, people were saying, oh, this is the best World Cup ever. Mm-hmm. But the knockout stages were a bit of an anticlimax. Yeah. Uh, and apart from... Obviously, the semi-final where Germany beat Brazil 7-1. There weren't really that many standout games. But already in this, France-Argentina game was phenomenal. The Belgium-Japan game was phenomenal. There have also been three penalty shootouts. So maybe it is. Maybe it is the best World Cup of all time. It might also be the last one. So (laughs) enjoy it while while it's here. Oh, another thing about last night, which made it unlikely that England would win, is, of course, the ITV curse. Oh, yes, I was told about this. Whenever matches are shown on ITV rather than BBC, that's when it goes bad for England. The BBC and ITV divvy up the games yeah. at the start of the tournament. Mm-hmm. And obviously they all want to show the England games. Yes. And however that's happened for the last 20 years, the games that ITV have shown have been the ones that England have lost. Mm-hmm. The statistics are ridiculous. I mean, it isn't just like, oh, they've lost one more on ITV than on BBC. I mean, it is significantly different <laughs> to the point where you do suspect something is going on. Well, some people said the curse of ITV, my first thought was, well, obviously, Piers Morgan. <laughs> but we beat the curse. Hooray. Well done. We beat the curse of ITV, the curse of the penalties. Mm-hmm. We're in a new world. Up yes. is down, black is white. Who knows? We're through the looking glass, Andy. Taken the blue pill. Is it was it or was it the red I've forgotten which We've taken both pills. We've made a purple pill. (laughs) We've taken all of them. So now you're in such a rich vein of form with your predictions. Right. Let's see how you do at the course finals. Okay then. Before doing this I have to talk a bit about the game last night. Uh, I think I I predicted for last night's game that England would just about scrape through because this is what they do, it seems to me, with supposedly inferior teams. They sort of play down. And if you look at the result overall, that is what actually happened. They were 1-0 up, but that was from a penalty. So if Colombia hadn't played like absolute rotters, that might not have happened because you were talking about the lack of penetration in the the forward vagina. (laughs) It's not called the forward vagina, no. The okay. final third. <laughs> all, all of that. And there was a lot of that fumbling. And when you look at the chances that Colombia created, they were all in open play. Well, they scored from the corner. Yeah, scored the corner. from the corner. But they did have some chances from open play. Yes, which was saved. I would argue that England also had some chances from open play, albeit uh, in extra time, in the second period of extra time, Mm -hmm. right towards the end, Danny Rose had that shot that went across the goal. Yes. Did Vardy have a chance? Or Eric Dyer had a header 
that he just, the, just ballooned over yes. the bar. There were a couple of uh, top-of-the-net moments. Yeah, I think that's fair. What did you think of uh, how Colombia approached the game? Even I could see that they were behaving appallingly. They were like cartoon villains. A couple of times, it just jumps on the back of uh, the players. I said, remember tweeting at the time, said, they seem to have brought their leapfrog team. And they were shouting at the referee whenever he made a decision that didn't go against. I thought, surely that's unacceptable. There should be some sort of zone around the referee. You're not allowed to, to penetrate. Yeah, some people say, you know, only the team's captain should be able to go and discuss with the referee. Mm-hmm. But it did. It took three minutes from yes. the foul for the penalty to be taken. Yes. Because the Colombians were just surrounding the referee. They checked it on VAR. He's not going to change his mind. They're only doing it to try and get in the head of... Harry Kane. Yes. Try and put him off. Yes. Did you see them scuffing up the penalty spot? Oh, yes. (laughs) Aren't we sneaky? (laughs) Andy is acting out the Colombians (laughs) scuffing the penalty spot at this point. I thought, you know, at this this level, people would know how to play better than that. (laughs) No. That they would have a bit more class to them. No, not really. All that that head-butting in in walls. Yeah. what what is this? Just general shithousery, isn't it? It's, it's trying to get a psychological advantage over an opponent. Well, here's the thing. And until get re- a psychological advantage over your opponent by being better and more skillful. But it's easy just to headbutt someone. In the- <laughs> until referees do anything about it, it's mm. just going to carry on. Mm-hmm. And it drives football fans insane that they won't have retrospective punishments for that kind of things. Because mm-hmm. even if they say it after the game said, well, we saw you all do this, so you're all now banned. Or, you know, now they have VAR, just start doling out red cards yes. for dissent. Dissent is a booking offence, so if you do it twice, yes. you should be off. Ironically, it's games like last night that rugby fans will cite as reasons they don't like football when actually they're closer to rugby <laughs> <laughs> than a, a, a game of football is. On to the quarterfinals. Okay. First quarterfinal will be on uh, Friday afternoon, and it's France against Uruguay. I will go with France this time round. On the grounds, they won the World Cup most recently, <laughs> even if it was twenty years ago. Yes, and and they they have been playing very well. So I will go. They conceded three against Argentina. Oh right, yeah, but they got four. And they are Argentina, who supposedly are quite good as well. So I will go with France. I also think France, as much as I'd love there to be a point of difference for the narrative of the podcast, I do think France will win. Okay. Uh, They have Kylian Mbappe, who's a very exciting young footballer. Tell you how young he is. He wasn't born when France won the World Cup. Oh, my word. And also, it looks like Uruguay are without one of their strikers, one of their best players, Edison Cavani. Looks like he might be injured, so I think France will scrape it. Okay. I think Friday night, it looks like an absolute banger of a game. Brazil against Belgium. Ooh. The Battle of the Bees. Will there be a honeypot at the end of this one? <laughs> Brazil versus Belgium, because the reality of Brazil hasn't always been up there with the idea of it. Belgium. What about the concept of Belgium? The concept of Belgium. Well, actually, the concept of Belgium as a nation is is falling apart because you've got the the Flemish versus the Walloons uh, and all that. Because I've never been away in my beautiful Walloons. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the country itself might fall apart in the next twenty 
years or so. But will the team fall apart? Will the team fall apart? Friday night. I, you know what? Just because this has been so crazy, I'm going to go with Belgium to beat Brazil. You may very well be right, Andy. They're a very good team, Belgium. They score, on average, three goals a game. But people are arguing that they haven't really played anyone yet. And and they were put very close by Japan, who weren't supposed to be uh, any great shakes. So I'm going to say Brazil, because they're Brazil. Okay, then. And that's what Brazil will do. Uh, Brazil, not looking particularly exciting, but looking very effective. Saturday afternoon, it's the big one. It's England versus Sweden. Right. To say that I didn't know very much about Sweden is not to say very much. I just don't know very much. But I'm thinking they're kind of all right. And England are kind of all right. So they're very evenly matched. It's the kind of all right derby. Yeah, Yeah. kind of all right. But I was thinking England might be psychologically buoyed up by having won a penalty shootout so I think England to win but again only just uh, I'm also going to say England to win but I'm going to say 3 or 4 nil. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going to let Hubris take <laughs> and, and of course two years ago at the European Championships who did England get knocked out by Iceland there's a sim- they're, they're a similar sort of team they're you know very dogged not many star players, but work together as a unit. Okay. But I think England will be wary of that. And I imagine the game will mainly be England attacking, England having the ball and a Swedish defensive wall. I might still put some money on Sweden winning. And then the final quarterfinal is on Saturday evening and it is the hosts, Russia against Croatia. Russia. Yeah, straight away. Russia, yes. You said that with the confidence of a man who's... Who's you seen something? I said that with the confidence of a man who's seen Russia play one game. Yeah. And I was impressed with it. <laughs> so I'm going to hold on to that. Okay, well, I'm going for Croatia. Okay. To win. I think they're one of the best teams left in. We're getting towards the end now. There's only eight games to go. Crikey. In the tournament, we've had 56. They do get to them quickly, don't they? Yeah. A couple of hours for each one. <laughs> Yeah, eight games, only seven of which really matter because one is the third and fourth place playoff. I think England will come fourth okay. at this World Cup. Right, you are. Like Moses. That, that's my prediction. Will be the fourth best. Fourth best in the world. It's yeah, still, it's pretty good. It's, I mean, look, people used to slag off Tim, Tim Henman because he never won Wimbledon. But he was a very good professional player. Probably the, the, the best... English player at that time. Yeah. And he was able to make a living, a very good living, playing tennis. Make millions? Made millions? Yes, made millions. So, you know, when you put it in that perspective, he did very, very well. Well done, him. Yeah, oh, yes, people asking me, well, what, what, so what would you compare this to you from, from things you like? What do you compare this to? What, what really got you excited? And I did try to talk about the Arrowverse. Uh, crossover episodes from the DC universe with Crisis on Earth X where superheroes from our universes have to battle their counterparts in Earth X which has been overtaken by the Nazis and it was it was it was 
beautiful. And the World Cup is like that. In terms of the emotion, because I was watching this thing where they were fighting the Nazis and there were superheroes, superheroes of colour, queer superheroes, all different religions, cultures and everything, all ganging together to fight the Nazis and they won against the Nazis. So that's what it was like. So I mean, were Colombia the Nazis? Yes. <laughs> Yes, they were. There probably, probably are some, some veterans from the Second World War who hid out <laughs> in your coke-benighted nation. Well, if nothing else, this podcast has taught you to be as xenophobic <laughs> as most football fans. So we will reconvene after the quarterfinals. Thanks very much for listening. Please uh, rate and review. It would really help us out. We're only going to be doing a, a few more of these. And until next time, ta Bye-bye.